0: This is the Rabbit Rundown presented by Jack Rabbit Illustrated. And welcome back to the Rabbit Rundown. As always, my name is Jacob Von Bergen and I am joined here by my co-host, uh, former men's manager, Cody Reed. Cody, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am doing stupendous. March is upon us. The best time of the year is here. College basketball is down to the nitty gritty. We just had... You know, an incredible weekend for the Jackrabbits. They finished the conference play combined at 35-1. and I don't think there's a single university in the country that probably had a better conference uh, slate. Uh, we got a track championship on top of everything. Uh, great time to be a Jackrabbit.
0: Oh, for sure. There's not a lot. There's not much to complain about right now, um, you know, being a Jackrabbit fan. But before we get into today's episode, we want to remind everybody we are brought to, uh, brought to you by Drake's Place in Bowdle, South Dakota, and Cottonwood Coffee in Brookings, South Dakota. On today's episode, we will be discussing the men's and women's matchups like Cody brought up, you know, their success this year. Uh, we will also be joined this week by former men's guard, Keith Moffitt. Uh, he joined us for a fun conversation about the Summit League tournament and his time at SDSU. So it's a good one to look forward to. Um, like I said, really good conversation we had with him. Uh, But before we really dive into the men's side of things, we're going to start on the women's side. Uh, The women, obviously, like Cody said, won both games this week, uh, improving their season record to 17-1. and Uh, This is building off last year's record where they went 14-0. and So, you know, right now the men are getting a lot of, you know, praise for their undefeated season. What the women have done these last two seasons, now you look at it, um, and that's just as special, if not uh, more special the way They've lost one game in two seasons in conference play. Um, pretty, you know, spoiled to be an SCSU women's basketball fan. Uh, if you S- you know, for SCSU fans here, but we're going to dive into our final two matchups of the season. Uh, they started out at home against Oral Roberts. Uh, game that the SCSU women won pretty comfortably. Uh, they won every quarter uh, by a few points at least, but uh, they won the game 84 to 48 over Oral Roberts. Maya um, Sellen with, with 20 points overall, uh, leading all scores. Tori Nelson had 13 of her own. Uh, and just, yeah, the Jacks. you know, overall has pretty much spread the scoring out like we've seen all year. Shot 35% from three, 56% from the field. You know, winning 84 to 48. There's really not much to complain about in a game like that. Like we've said a lot for them this year. Um, but I guess, Cody, from your angles, uh, any, you know, key points to talk about from this matchup?
1: Um, I think other than that, you know, Oral Roberts comes in along with Kansas City this weekend. They were the third and fourth best teams in the Summit League standings-wise. And SDSU flat-out dominated them, both teams. You know, I think it really clearly puts a line in the sand, the difference between SDSU, USD, and the rest of this conference heading into the Summit League tournament. Like, you know, they are – Miles behind, uh, you know, where STSU and USD are when you talk about um, the rest of the Summit League. So I think that was the number one thing that st- stuck out to me. Um, you know, they have a h- another huge dominating win. They win by 36 points, if I did my math correctly. You know, another big quarter where they get up by nine points to start the game. Big first quarter, I should say. They 58 points in the paint. Like, they scored more points in the paint. Oral Roberts scored in the entire game. The, the just complete domination, you know, that, that we saw from the Jack Rebel women in this one.
0: No, for sure. Like I, I said, it's hard to, you know, really nitpick anything uh, from the game. You know, they even went nine of 11 from three or from the free throw line, excuse me. So, you know, they shot their free throws all well when they got there. Like you said, the points in the paint are big for them. You know, we've seen losses where maybe they're settling for threes or jump shots. Uh, you know, attacking the rim is going to be big for them, you know, going to the conference play. Especially the USD matchup, which obviously everyone will kind of, kind of almost sharpie in at this point, because you don't ex- expect an upset. You know, we saw it last year, probably a more su- surprising upset than any of them. Uh, but just you know, you look at this SCSU team, the way they're playing right now. Um, I don't know, if even USD can say that they feel as confident going into it right now, the way offensively SCSU's been playing. Um, 84 points this game. You know, 83, 84 of the games before. The 94 against KC, the third best team. SCS 2 is just clicking right now. Like, There's really not much you can say about it other than that. Um, we always see, like we say this every week now, AJ's teams play their best basketball come Summit League tournament time. And right now, it's hard to argue that they're not playing the best they've played in probably two years. Um, even going back to last year, you know, going into the tournament, we had a couple injuries. Um, you know, obviously we'll get to it a little bit with Paige Meyer here in the next game. But Outside of that, you know, you got Maya, you got Torrey, they're playing at their best, um, you know, fully healthy from last year's injuries. You got a lot of, you know, veteran leadership without, throughout the team with Peyton and Tylee as well. Um, it just, it's hard to argue that this team isn't playing as good, if not better, than they've played in you know the last couple of years. And it's really exciting because, you know, come Saturday, they're going to be the one seed. Um, it's going to be fun to watch them against, uh, I believe they played Denver. Uh, it's going to be a fun, you know, matchup. We're going to see them there. And, you know, hopefully Monday and Tuesday as well with two exciting matchups.
1: Yeah, so, you know, like you said, what what AJ's done in getting this team kind of from where they were in the non-conference where they were really up and down, you know, they had some injuries, they were battling some things off the court, wasn't really sure how the season was going to go. You know, they had a lot of expectations coming in with as tough of a non-conference schedule as they had scheduled for themselves. They don't go through that maybe quite as expected, but they get to conference play, have one minor slip up in the game at USD, which I think we can all, you know, that if you're going to slip up a game, that's the one you expect, you know, playing Mm -hmm. down in USD. And other than that, they dominated the entire conference. I mean, their average margin of victory ended up finishing at 24.7. So almost they won every game by almost, we're averaging winning games by 25 points. Like that is ridiculous. So they, they really are clicking, like you said, and you know, it's, it's fun to see how how they're heading into this summer league tournament.
0: Exactly. And you know, we'll kind of rotate into the Kansas City game as well, uh, where they won ninety-four to sixty-two. Obviously, I mentioned earlier, you know, we saw Paige Meyer go down about the fourth minute of the game. Sounds like she's not gonna be playing in the summit league tournament. That's obviously gonna be a big hit to the SCSU offense and the depth that they play with. But you know, we'll probably see Lindsay Thunick slide into that starting role, a player, you know, that's started for this team for three years now, I think it is. So you don't expect too much of a drop-off there. You expect something that's experienced, knows how to play on the big stage, ready to go. Um, But yeah, like, and you mentioned too, uh, coming off that interesting non-conference schedule with all the injuries and all that, this team knows how now to, you know, maybe deal with adversity a little bit more um, versus last year. You know, there's experience. Every player on this team outside of Haley Timmer has played in at least one Summit League tournament game now. Um, You know, last year, there was a few freshmen that maybe hadn't. This year, everybody but Haley, like I said, is going to have played at this stage already. Um, They know what it takes to win. And there's just a lot of veteran leadership that, at this point, the way, you know, mentally, physically, most of the players are looking, um, it's just going to be a fun tournament to go. And like I said, we can kind of go more into this Kansas City matchup. But another, you know, huge win for them. And they had a lead at one point of 37 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, another dominating first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, they were up 32-11. And that was with, you know, Paige's injury happening in that first quarter. So that was, you know, in terms of getting through adversity right then and there, they didn't let it affect them as much as, you know, and we might talk about this a little bit more later, like that is a significant injury for the team. You know, not having her available or what seems like not going to be available for the summer league tournament, you know, is a – large part, she's a large part of what they do in their offensive game plan. But, you know, they showed in this Kansas City game, they can, you know, battle through that adversity. They have players with experience to slide in and take over some of that that role. And so we'll we'll see what happens. But specifically in this Kansas City game, um, I think you just, you know, you saw the culmination of the entire season kind of come together. They shot the ball well from three, but didn't have to take a ton of them. They scored the ball in the paint. They only had eight turnovers, they had 26 assists. They won by, you know, 30 some points. Um, It it was kind of everything put together, you know, in their conference play into this one game. You saw um, Maya Selland uh, finished two of two from three, the game before she was three of five from three. I think she finished the conference play portion of the season shooting 61% from three. Like that is ridiculous. Um, not to mention, you know, that, that's her shooting 61% from three individually, but the team leading the country in three-point field goal percentage as of right now. So um, th- they're on the right track, you know, despite the injury heading into the Summit League tournament. You
0: no, know, I, I think what you brought up about the injury happening so early in this matchup, you know, you're going against a third-place team. You're, you know, freshman phenom, the player that, if I had the vote, would be, you know, freshman of the year in the Summit League. Paige Meyer, she goes down the fourth. On top game. of probably being first or second team. Like probably Potentially like a first team or depending on how you look at it. Um, I think no doubt second team uh, probably should be a first team. Um, but, yeah, you look at – you lose her four minutes into the game against the third-best team in the conference. And what do they do? They go, okay, we're going to win by 30. <laughs> they win by 32 points. So, you know, last year's team, we saw them with a big win against NDSU. NDSU obviously – probably wasn't up to the same level as this KC team is. You know what, Maya and Tori got hurt. We saw them, you know, players like uh, Tylee step up and score a bunch. Tylee had probably one of her better offensive games in this one, senior night. So a little bit more emotion playing that way too. But we saw Tylee, you know, step up scoring-wise, where maybe before it was more of a defensive-focused approach for her. So, so, yeah, obviously them being able to score 94 points is huge. You know, going into that USD matchup, it'll be interesting if, you know, they make it to that point what it will look like, um, you know, offensively, but like I said, Lindsay's played in big moments. She played, uh, the last time I believe SDSU beat USD in the final. Um, you know, if you're SDSU, yes. Does it suck losing page? Obviously, but you go into it also knowing, Hey, you know, we've lost one game. You know, like I said earlier, last two conference regular seasons, they didn't have page last year and they beat USD twice. So, like, they have that team that beat them lot twice last year. There's no reason they can't do it again this year um, in the summer League tournament. Uh, so, I guess, you know, for me, the girls, You this would be the most confident, I think, they're going into a conference uh, tournament. So, I think, you know, going last year, obviously, they were undefeated, so they were pretty confident. But I think the way they're playing right now, it's hard to be like, hey, there's been a more confident team, um, you know, for SCSU going into that uh, first week or first game in the summer League tournament.
1: Yeah, going into that that Denver matchup, I, I you know, you st- you still have to feel pretty good about it. They've been dominating these teams. You know, going back to what you said, they've done this without Paige like what they did last year. Lindsey, Haley Greer, you know, maybe even Haley Timmer a little bit will kind of take over some of that scoring role, some of the ball handling role. I'm sure we'll see Maya probably doing a little more point forward play, um, bringing the ball up the court at times. And, and, you know, you have to feel good, you know, about this first round matchup against Denver. It's, um, and, you know, one, one thing I think that we're forgetting is last year, they didn't have the power of the Jackrabbit faithful behind them. Mm -hmm. They're going to have that this year to kind of help energize them. You know, if maybe they get off to a bit of a slow start, should have some fans, you know, urging them on, Um, you know, USD definitely brings a lot of fans from the women's side, but we even saw on their uh, Twitter that they're trying to recruit fans to get to the summer league tournament. I don't think that'll be a problem for SDSU. Um, so, you know, the, the power of Jackrabbit faith will, will also, you know, hopefully assuage any um, maybe hesitation that fans, you know, or the team might have about, uh, you know, not having Paige heading into
0: the tournament. No, and yet not to throw too many jabs at USD fans, but like even like their students get them free. So the fact that they have to recruit students to get in, kind of funny, uh, even though they get, you know, they get paid for- they get their tickets paid for but this isn't a USD podcast. We're going to talk about STSU here. Um, but yeah, like you brought up, we're going into that Denver matchup. Obviously, uh, STSU has beaten them twice now this year. Uh, first matchup came right after their last loss to USD, uh, where they won 72 to 49 on the road, obviously dominating road win. Um, and then their second matchup was 79 to 52 um, against them at home at Frost Arena. So, you know, if you're SDSU, you probably, you know, with these third matchups, it's always interesting because, you know, you're the team with the target on your back. You obviously beat them twice. Um, They're going to throw a bunch of adjustments at you, but you just kind of have to go out there and play your game. Like, I don't know, like they scored 94 points this last game. If you score 80 points, Denver's not going to, you know, keep up with you. So as long as you go out there, you play your game, there's really not much X's and O's to really break down for it. It's just don't go out there. Don't let the moment get too big for you. You know, it's just any other basketball game. And like you said, they get off to a slow start. The, you know, it should be a heavily, you know, blue arena at that point. Since USD plays second, I doubt they'll have many people there cheering for Denver right away. Um, that's kind of the benefit of the one seat is that, you know, they play at noon. You're probably not going to get the opposing team or, you know, the two seats fans there to kind of cheer against you right away. So, you know, I expect them to cruise in this game. Um, but, you know, knock on wood, I guess, but I don't see any reason why they shouldn't win this game. Obviously, we said that last year as well, but um, I'm, there's, I've never, on my end, I've never been as confident in a girls team going into the conference tournament as I am with this, you know, group.
1: Yeah, and I think they have the fuel from last year of, you know, not wanting to repeat that. They don't want to um, have that same feeling, you know, they have some Last year, I don't think they really had any seniors, if I believe correctly. So, you know, you don't want your seniors to go out like that uh, now that they have some on their team this year. You know, they're also kind of on that fringe bubble spot. It's probably not looking great if they don't win the conference tournament, but you don't want to sweat that out. You know, with a first round exit, that kind of would probably eliminate their possibility at at, at an at-large bid. Um, Mm -hmm. But this Denver team is kind of a one-trick pony when you kind of break it down to X's and O's. Uju Azudu, I think is how you say it. Um, She's probably a first or second team player. She's averaging 17 points a game. I think she leads the summit league in free throw attempts and maybe free throws made. So, you know, she's a really aggressive player. She gets to the rim. If you can limit her, not put her on the foul line a bunch of times, play your game. Like you said, there might be some adjustments of just, you know, execution wise from the offensive end, you know, playing without page, but um. I, I think they definitely can get this done. You know, if they, if they limit Azudu's opportunities and, you know, play how like they have been playing up until this point.
0: Well, yeah, you know, we haven't really brought up the potential of being an at-large bid, um, you know, for the tournament. I still don't know if I see it being a, you know, a feasible option. I've seen, there's a lot more smoke around it now um, to me, you know, they're going to start weighing in that non-conference, but, you know, they're high enough in the net ranking that maybe um, I believe they're in the 30s. So maybe, you know, they'll sneak their way in if they have the right, you know, happen or the thing right things happen. Other conference tournaments, you obviously you can't have the bid stealing teams, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, and one thing just going
1: off, you know, that I think does play in their favor a little bit for the at large possibilities. First time we've seen the expanded 68-team women's field. So there's four more at-large bids available than have ever been there in the past for this, um, for the women's side of the bracket because uh, they're doing that first four like the men have done for like the past 10 years. The other thing is they did get the number one seed, you know, that doesn't factor into any metrics. But, you know, if you're the one seed, you lose in your conference championship, you have a strong non-conference strength of schedule, not necessarily as many quality wins. But, you know, there, there's a path. They're, they're going to need some help. But I, I can envision a path, um, you know, if they get to that conference championship game and, unfortunately, if they weren't to win it.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's much more of a path for the women, obviously, than the men. I don't think the men have it. But um, the women, there's definitely a realistic path to it. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just know if they factor in a lot of the non-conference, it doesn't look great. If they factor in, you know, maybe where they're playing now, it's a better chance, and you know, you never know what kind of uh, you know, loyalty they've built up from that sweet 16. You know, if that big run they had a few years ago, if that's still in the mind of people, like hey, they have like that's the kind of team they're potentially um capable of being, then sweet, yeah, like might get a shot. If not, you never know. Um, I think right now they're projected 11 seed. Um, you know, I think if they go through and win the tournament, you know, obviously, USD that's another quad one win. Um, they would probably move up to a 10 or a nine. Probably not it's not likely that they'd host anything, but um, so I'm not sure what the seeding has to be for the hosts, but you have to be a top four to host, so top four hosts. Okay, so yeah, obviously not realistic there at all. But um, you know, once you get into the win side of the bracket, anything can happen. We've seen them make that sweet sixteen run. So, you know, obviously safest route, just win the whole thing here. Don't have to worry about an at large bid, but there's still a possibility for them. Uh so Uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch. Um, Like we said, Saturday's matchup with Denver starts at noon. So obviously there's all the parties and festivities before, Um, you know, the, the, I think the, you know, they have a alumni party in one of the guests in one of the ballrooms there. So fans hopefully get there early, you know, get a couple beers in them before the game, 1230 start, go get ready, get some, get some uh, energy and go cheer on the Jacks at 1230 on Saturday for, uh, you know, the first time in two years at uh, the Summit League tournament.
1: Yeah, it should be a great crowd. You know, Summit League tournaments back, full force. Um, both SDSU teams play on Saturday, so it should be a lot of people coming in potentially from out of town that you know aren't going to want to make a Saturday Sunday, but they can make both games Saturday. Should be should be great environment for some good basketball, and you know, um, hopefully a jackrabbit win over Denver, and that sets them up with a, a semifinal opportunity against oral Roberts or north North dakota
0: oh for sure and you know going into that we're going to dive right into the men's side here but before we do we're going to have our conversation with uh former men's guard keaton moffitt
1: today we welcome on former
2: jackrabbit guard and south dakota native keaton moffitt keaton how's it going good guys uh thanks for having me on here Glad to join you on uh, this big week of, uh, you know, Jackrabbit hoops. You know, I'm hopeful that uh, the weekend treats us well and, you know, we can be in uh, early next, you know, the weekdays of early next week to hopefully uh, get to the dance, you know, so. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, definitely. We're we're rooting for the same thing. And, you know, with some league tournament, March Madness upon us, we do have some really interesting questions uh, for you about that. But before, um, we always start, you know, for our guests with, a question about, you know, just what was their path to SDSU? How did they get to Brookings? So we'll kind of let you uh, take away and tell your story of how you got to SDSU.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my story is probably one of the more unique ones uh, that you guys will encounter as, you know, I didn't come to SDSU right off the bat. Um, I went to the University of Sioux Falls for my first two years and then ended up transferring um, up to SDSU, you know, a lot of it had to do with this tournament coming up, you know, me, me seeing that, and uh, also watching the Jacks play in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, you know, I just wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, it was, had been a dream of mine from just being a little kid to play in that tournament. And, you know, I just decided I wanted to take the take the jump. And I knew it wasn't going to be easy for me. You know, I had to do a preferred walk on to, you know, get that opportunity, but, I was you know, ready to work for it. So um, I finally got you know, got to SDSU, um, had to sit out for an entire year. Um, still don't make a bunch of sense to me. You know, you're going from D2 to D1, you got to sit out. But if you go from D1 to D2, you can play right away. But you know, the, you got to do what you got to do. So I did that. And then, uh, you know, I got, got my start, uh, my first start against Florida Gulf Coast in the Pentagon my junior year. Um, And, you know, kind of rest is history after that. So that was kind of my, you know, quick snapshot of my journey. You could talk about it for a long time, but, you know, you only got so much, so.
1: Yeah, and, you know, uh, you mentioned the game where you got your first start, you know, at the Pentagon. I'm sure that was a special moment. But, you know, before that, everyone, they want to play right away. You know, when you transfer to a new team, you want to, you know, contribute. And you, you know, didn't quite get that opportunity right away, had to prove yourself. What is the like mindset when you're going through that process? I know we asked uh, Oris this same question last year, because he was kind of in a similar boat. But you know, how do you how do you deal with that?
2: Well, you know, you got to go into it, especially in my situation, being a walk-on, you um, learn right away that, you know, nothing's going to be given to you. You don't have the same luxuries that, you know, like maybe the five-star recruit has, you know, coming in, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to get to, you know, all the reps to start. And you just kind of got to bring it every single day. You have, you you don't get the opportunity to have a bad day or take a day off. And you just got to figure out, you know, something that other guys aren't maybe, um, you know, giving to the team. You, you, if, if they need you to rebound, they need you to play defense, you just got to do whatever you got to do. And then once you get on the court, um, then you can kind of start, you know, adding the other aspects, you know, to your game. And then you, the coach starts trusting you. And, you know, that's kind of how it happened for me. Um, trust is a big thing, you know, they need to see that you can do it. Um, and they have to have that confidence in you and you start by building that confidence in practice. So, uh, you know, that practice was huge for me. Um, I knew I could play. It just, you needed to get the opportunity then, you know? Mm -hmm. So,
0: yep. For sure. You know, when you played, you obviously played some great guards with, you know, DeAndre and uh, George and today's team, uh, you know, is very heavy on their guard play. I guess you see any similarities between today's guards and, you know, the ones you played with? And how do you think, you know, the two styles of guards would mesh, you know, on, on one team here?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, so we had you, we had uh, you know Dre, Jake, um, and and then um, DeAndre as well, or I guess I said Dre, um, but George as well. So you know, I think the guards that they have this year, you know, Shireman, he's he's a little bigger guard um, than you know maybe we had. We had it seemed like every one of our guards could just flat out score the ball. Um, you know, Shireman kind of brings like a all around aspect gets a lot of assists, gets everyone else involved and then can also, you know, add to it as well. Um, so, you know, I see similarities there. Honestly, the the biggest similarity I see between our team and their team is just how many players they have that can step up and make a play. I mean, we just had, um, you know, easily last week go off for a bunch of three pointers and, you know, that was kind of unexpected. And then Apple just had 41 points, um, you know, and he's a reserve guy. so. It's, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. We had very similar as far as we were deep and we could, you know, a lot of different um, people could beat, beat a team on a given night. And I think that's one of the biggest similarities we have, you know, from my team to the team that's going into the weekend here. So, yeah.
0: And you, uh, you brought up Luke here, uh, you know, he's yeah. kind of, you know, obviously coming off the bench, maybe not starting in that same groove yeah. uh, that starters do. Is there a little bit different, you know, in mentality when you're coming into a game, maybe it's not as a starter, coming off the bench versus you know starting that kind of role?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, if you're, when you're not starting, um, you have the ability to kind of see the game, um, you know, starting and you you can kind of um, gauge how it's going and then you can kind of be whatever they need it. You know, you can see we're not getting rebounds. We're, you know, we're not scoring the ball and you can try to, you know, then you get in the game and you can try to bring that, um, you know, element that we're missing at the time. And I always like that, you know, personally, if I saw, you know, we weren't getting stops on defense, I needed to go in and stop that kid that was, you know, scoring or hurting us, or, you know, we weren't getting a rebound, or we needed an offensive rebound, I was going to try to crash the glass, you know, just give, give the team what they weren't, uh, you know, getting done, maybe right away. And I think, you know, coming off the bench, you get to see that to start, and then you can kind of work your way um, from there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was one thing, you know, I always remembered, uh, when you were around of rebounding from the guard position you yep. know that was something you you brought to the table and yep. um, you know we're talking about the the current team right now yeah, and they just went undefeated in conference play yep. as someone that has you know gone through multiple summit league seasons yep. um, can you speak to how difficult that task you know truly is because at times they made it look easy but obviously we know it's not
2: yeah it's it's an absolutely incredible feat and I mean I don't care which conference you play in, Um, you know, there's a reason why they're the only one that went through all the division one conferences undefeated there. It's something that just doesn't happen. It's very difficult to do. And I mean, you have to bring it every single night and you know, road games and sometimes some of those road games can be really low energy, you know, there's no fans in the stands. So it's super impressive that they were able to accomplish that. Um, I mean, and that makes me all the more excited for this weekend. I, I really hope we can just get past that first one because that's been a struggle of ours the last couple of years. We can get past that first one, then, you know, sky's the limit for us.
0: So for sure, and kind of following up on, you know, you brought up this this coming week, you were yeah. obviously part of one of those teams that uh, gave a lot of fans uh, a lot of hard attacks, you know, the cardiac jacks, I guess. Yeah going through that run, was there, you know, some added stress to you guys that you felt in the locker room each game or what was kind of like, you know, in the locker room after each game or during halftime, what was kind of the, the mindset each game, each night? You bet.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the first two games we played Oral Roberts first and that was, I mean, that's where we first kind of got the cardiac jacks. And then obviously the Denver game was unbelievable, having the best shooter in the country miss a free throw at the end. And, you know, we were pretty much, I, I, I mean, I was, I was like looking at it and I'm like, Oh man, this does not look good. Um, but a- as far as adjustments at halftime, we just kind of, you know, told, told, you know, our each other, we just got to stay the course, see what we can do, try to make the small adjustments that we can. And you know, a little bit of luck came into that too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, we had a few things go our way. But that's kind of what winning, um, you know, winning teams sometimes just get some of those extra roles that little bit of luck. That you need. And, you know, then when we got to the championship game, we were playing with house money against NDSU and, you know, we just kind of took care of business that game. And, you know, that was really cool for us too, because we had lost to them the year prior. And so we kind of got our revenge and we got a redemption. And, you know, I, I just, every, every time this part of the year comes around, I just get to think back to that, you know, that time and, still is one of the most incredible, indescribable, you know, experiences ever kind of jumping around with everybody after you win that last game, so.
1: Yes, uh, it's, you know, the storming of the court is always a great thing to have happen. Um, And you mentioned, you know, you got your revenge on NDSU, uh, your senior year, you had lost to them in the championship game, uh, your junior year. Is there an identifiable difference you know, what that fine line between the team that wins the championship and the team that doesn't win that championship? Like, can you, is you there know, is there a feeling or something that, that you can pinpoint?
2: I, you know, I can't necessarily pinpoint an exact feeling, but I can say this, and I think experience played a big part. And we had, like, after, once we finally got to that game, which was tough in itself to get there, but once we finally got there, I think all the guys were just like, this, we're going to do this. Like, there's been too many things that have fallen, you know, kind of fallen into place for us. And we, we want it more than them. And that's just kind of what it came down to. And I, I, I'll I never forget how hard everyone was playing that game. Like, I mean, p- people were playing their hearts out. And I mean, everyone just wanted it so bad. And I think that's the reason why it was such a an amazing experience when we finally did it. Um, because, you can't, we, we, we thought about that, that ye, whole year, you know, we thought about how we lost that game and um, we just wanted that revenge and that gave us that extra little kick to get it done, so.
1: Yes, and uh, last question about summer league tournament here. Yeah. Um, you know, w- can you describe the feeling, uh, you know, when you step out on there, you have the sea of blue, jackrabbit nation, you know, 10,000 people, Is it overwhelming? Is it energizing? Do you feel the added pressure? Well, you know, especially someone from South Dakota that's grown up with that tournament. What's that like?
2: So, you know, when I first stepped on the court for the first game, um, you know, my junior year, I did have maybe a little extra added nerves. And then that senior year, you know, people on court side are like pointing at you, and they're like, you know, they're hyping you up, saying, "Let's let's get this done, Keaton. Let's get this done." You're, you I mean you're just going through the warm up line, you know, shooting some jumpers and stuff, and they're they're like right there, and you can just feel the energy, and it's it is a huge advantage for us. Like it's a home game every time you step on the court, uh, you know, in Sioux Falls here, and I mean it's something that I wish everyone could experience, just having like the whole state of South Dakota kind of you know on your back it feels like and you just want to play so much harder because you're, you you, realize especially me being like a hometown kid I'm representing everybody here and you know you just want to make them proud so yeah they, it's indescribable how you know much energy they give you and you know you just want to make them proud.
0: No for sure you know speaking of like intensity obviously you made the NCAA tournament winning against NDSU that senior year uh, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, was there, you know, another added level of nerves? Um, was it more about the preparation, I guess, what was kind of your, you know, you know, your mindset going into the NCAA tournament?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the NCAA tournament, we knew, you know, the year before we had, uh, you know, beaten Colorado State in the NIT. So we got our first postseason win, you know, as a program. Um, and so we, we knew we could win. We just needed to you know, make sure we prepared right. And you know, that, that whole week leading up, we practiced really good, practiced hard. You know that Maryland was a good team too you know they had a couple guys that went to the NBA um, so you know we, we kind of drew a tough draw there I think we maybe had anybody else we you know probably could have took them but um, you know it just didn't fall our way there but as far as preparation goes we kind of just stayed the course you don't want to mess anything up too much you want to kind of keep it consistent from game to game no matter who you're playing whether you know you're playing Dakota Westland in an exhibition game or you're playing Maryland in the NCAA double a tournament, you just kind of want to keep it consistent, because you change things too much. um, You know, that that's when you maybe don't play as well as you should. So
1: yes, and you mentioned consistency, changing things, we're gonna, you know, flip this and go with a little bit of a hypothetical here. So we know Frost Arena is coming to a close. It's been a very consistent building for the Jacks for a long time. Um, If you're the lead architect, you know, designing the new version of Frost Arena, um, what are you, is there something you're keeping? Is there something you're adding? What, what's the one thing that you, you know, to try and keep that magic? What
2: are, what are you doing? Yeah, whatever it is, we got to keep it though. Cause I mean, I, I think I went 31 and 0 in that building, never did lose a game in my two years there, um, you know, playing. And then I think they only maybe lost one game before. And what is, what is the record? Do you know what the record is right now? Something I know in it's, seven, you know, I, I think in the I, last
1: eleven seasons, seven yep. undefeated seasons. Yeah. And I think there's maybe six losses in those yeah. eleven seasons or something like that.
2: Well, what yeah, whatever the magic is, I I, I don't know if you got to keep the court or what what it is, or just keep the hoot two hoops that you know we've been shooting on. I, I'm not sure what it is, but you gotta keep it because we are so good there. And I'm, I'm honestly scared to, you know, get it all changed up. And as soon as uh, they, if, if they do end up getting rid of the court, I'm going to try to buy some of that if they do end up, <laughs> up auctioning it off because I want some of that in my house because there's a little magic there. I'll just touch it when I need a helping hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. And, uh, you know, one of the final things we like to ask our guests is, uh, you know, a lot of people like to know what what players are up to, up to these days. Are you still yeah. local? obviously you brought up the Summit League Tournament. Will you be, you know, be there this weekend? Kind of tell us everybody what you've been up to. Yep. So,
2: you know, the last few years um, I've actually been the pharmacist um, on call, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, So I'll go to the games and if, you know, anybody gets injured or anything, um, it's sometimes my job to get them the meds they need. Fortunately enough, haven't had to really go in and do anything like that, but it gives me, uh, you know, an opportunity to be around the game and Um, you know, it's something that I can do, uh, you know, and I enjoy doing, you know, outside of my profession, uh, which is a pharmacist. Um, So right now, you know, I'm working full time at uh, Lewis Drug uh, in Sioux Falls, and I'm on the 12th and Kiwanis location. So um, I always tell anybody, if you want to come hang out with me, and I'll I'll fill up your script anytime. So (laughs) that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, I'm going to I'm actually headed to Florida um, on Saturday, so I'm not going to be at the games this year, but I'm going to be rest assured I'll be watching and cheering uh, wherever I'm at. That's be priority number one.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, Keaton, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I think this uh, interview with a lot of the Summit League tournament and NCAA tournament talk will get people, you know, kind of ready for the weekend. And um, yeah, just appreciate you coming on and, and, you know, Good luck with uh, everything you're doing, and safe travels down to Florida.
2: Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and you know, I think I kind of speak for everybody. Um, you know, I think as Jackrabbit fans, we appreciate what you guys do. So, just wanted to say thanks, and uh, yeah, take care. Okay.
0: And that was our conversation with Keaton Moffat. Thanks again to him for joining us this week. Uh, you know, I had some fun times talking about the Summit League tournament, his time at SDSU, and. I'm all that kind of stuff so uh, yeah just I know
1: going back to that conversation with him uh, it just really gets you 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 know amped up for the summer league tournament just the way he talks about you know seeing jackrabbit nation the cardiac jacks like this this is there's a reason this is the best time of the year the summer league tournament always produces great games so it just you know I don't know how you couldn't be amped up for the tournament after, after that conversation.
0: No, and I don't think we can have a guy on from that team that on the cardiac jacks teams and not bring that moment, that tournament up because those the wild games, you know, they, I think their easiest game was the North Dakota state championship, you know, Denver, they, like he said, they lost or they won because the best free throw shooter in the country missed the front end of a one and one um, on a play that wasn't a foul, from uh, you know DeAndre running out of bounds, basically. So just you know, fun tournament to talk about. Obviously, brings up some awesome memories of the Summit League tournament. But you know, bringing up Cardiac Jacks, going to Thursday night's matchup against Oral Roberts, I think that's kind of a glimpse of what that Cardiac team was like. SDSU wins 106 to 102. Um, I've seen a lot of places where people are calling this the best Summit League game in years. Uh, it's hard to argue against it. Uh, you know, a wild game from start to finish. Uh, obviously, uh, the big story was Luke Apple scoring 41 points for the Jacks on 16 of 20 shooting. Hit two of the you know most clutch shots of his you know of his career with the two free throws. Uh, descended to overtime. Uh, just you know, a wild game from start to finish. I think at any point in the fourth or in the end of the game, Oral Roberts felt like they should have won it. SCU had a couple of moments where I felt like they probably think they should have won it pretty comfortably. So. Just a wild game overall, and, you know, it was a fun fun game as a fan to watch, and I don't know if everybody knew it was free on the Oral Roberts Network, but uh, it was an awesome game to watch. Um, everybody kind of showed out for the Jacks. You know, everyone played, you know, pretty well. Obviously, people, a couple of people might struggle offensively, but just going back and forth on offense for both teams there was, you know, really fun to watch for uh, the Jackrabbits.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, such a good game. I remember I was coming home from work before we – before this game got started, and I was – I just kind of had that feeling that this was, you know, going to be a battle. Like, it was just one of those games I was watching, the you know, the KG where he talks about all the weapons he's getting ready for the game and you know that he's bringing that interview. Um, and I was just listening to that, getting me amped up for this game because I, you know, felt like it was going to be a huge game. Oral Roberts definitely brought everything they had. SDSU proved why – they are the best team in the summit league. And you know what they, this game had everything that encompasses what a great team does. They had guys step up and have career nights when they needed them to, they had a comeback, you know, they had clutch free throws. So that they were clutch, you know, just, they didn't turn the ball over. Like everything. When you think of great team, um, you know, they had an undefeated um, conference season record on the line. Like, when you think of a great team, this team showed why they are a great team. And like you said, just such a fun game, back and forth all night, you know, Max starts the game, just bang, 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 three threes in a row. And you're like, okay, we're in for a dog fight.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, we talked about last week, I think about how he's been having some slow starts and his foot, you know, there's been a limp. And just in this game, decides to throw all that out the window, it's, you know, like a near 40 foot three pointer, nearly half court shot. you know, it's just one of those things like you said. It's like, okay, well, here's the night it's going to be. Like, that's what you're going to see. And it was, you know, the entire game. Like we said, 106-102, a lot of points, not many missed shots. You know, SCSU shot 40% from three. Um, you know, the thing that almost cost them was their free throw shooting, something we haven't said a lot. They shot only 69%. But, you know, honestly, the difference was Oral Roberts shot 65. There was probably a couple chances. I think Max missed a big free throw. Um, this overall, like, you know, Oral Roberts didn't finish the game they need, the way they needed to, um, and SDSU did their job to win it. You know, that's what a good team does. That's what a great team does is they win the game Oral Roberts couldn't put SDSU away and they lost because of it. So, um, you know, now SDSU has taken the best punch you'd assume from Oral Roberts and NDSU, you know, the two and the four seeds, uh, or the two and the three seeds. excuse me, they've taken both teams, best punches. You're only going to see one of them potentially again. Um, so, Yeah, it's, you know, as a Jackrabbit, you know, basketball fan, obviously you're super excited going into the conference tournament undefeated. But, you know, this is a game where um, historically they probably don't win this game. They probably go down by, you know, the eight uh, that they were down late in the uh, second half. They probably just go away. They probably don't come back. They don't win the game. But this team knew, you know, hey, there's this undefeated season on the line. We're not giving up. Luke Apple, this one, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Like we said, 41 points, two of two from three. Um, mentioned it on Twitter. He came on here, told us he was a shooter. Hadn't seen it yet this year. This week, we saw it, you know, shot the ball confidently. And I think I saw Hendo said uh, his coach on the coaches show that, you know, Luke's been putting in the most time in the gym um, and it showed this week, you know, like he said, 41 points, winning summit league player of the week. Um, those things don't happen by accident. So it's good to see, you know, hard work, work at pay or, you know, pay off the way it did for him.
1: Yeah. Just all around team win. We probably could spend, in, in a whole hour talking about this game, you know the, I think the comeback to start the second half was probably the, the one of the keys that gets overlooked just because of how the game ended and how much crazy stuff was going on. But you know they were down nine at halftime, um, and they ended up tying it within like the first, I don't know, five minutes of the second half. They went on like a nine zero run, um, and the the one thing I think if you can nitpick anything from this game, is I felt like at times when they needed buckets down the stretch, they were a little stagnant in the offense. It was kind of like Baylor do something, Luke do something, Doug do something. I felt like their ball movement wasn't as good as they typically do. And their like off the ball movement wasn't as good, but that's also kind of a product of playing in a tight game, being down for the first time, you know, that much in the conference play. Um, Just, you know, a lot of the students from Oral Roberts were there kind of yelling like, a lot of things that they hadn't experienced yet in the um, season up to this point. So it's good that they can take all that adversity, get through it. Like you said, Luke, ridiculous game like that. I mean, I think it was the Ken Palm stat of the night or line of the night, you know, 16 to 20 ridiculous mm-hmm.
0: um, 28 overtime.
1: Man. Yeah. And then two free throws to go to overtime. It, you know, everything was crazy. And then in overtime, there was a point, like three minutes left, where SDC was up like seven or nine points or something. You thought, ooh, they kind of got this one. And then Max comes down and hits a three and a four-point play, and then it's back and mm-hmm. forth the rest of the way. And just great basketball game. Glad the Jackrabbits were able to pull it out. Um, and Oral Roberts is, in my perspective, not a team you want to see again if you don't if you can avoid
0: Oh, for sure. And, you know, when we get into the Kansas City game, uh, that game result ended up being a lot more meaningful than we I think originally thought because Oral Roberts ended up losing to USD on Saturday um, and you know if we lose if we lose Kansas City Kansas City's now the three or the two and Oral Roberts is the four but Oral Roberts is a three because of tiebreakers so obviously great for SDSU to have that you know Kansas City is a team they haven't you know struggled with for the last couple of years um, we'll dive into that game here in a second but um, again, the only thing like you brought up the nitpicking. Um, I, th- I think the whole game you could probably argue that it was a pretty stagnant offense. You know, you saw a few guys struggle. Um, it was a pretty, you know, three headed, mo- pretty much a three headed monster for SDSU. You know, Luke had 41, Baylor had 26, Doug had 29, and then you go zero, two, six, and two. So it's like there was some stagnant offense, I think, all night, but it shows like, hey, Baylor, Doug, Luke, like there's players capable. You know we've seen Charlie hit how many threes in one game. Um it's just it's you know it's one of those things you like Keaton said in his when we talk to him. You know there's five, six guys that can step up and have big games. We saw it in the Kansas City game, a couple more players scored more. Um so, you know, it's one of those things where it's hard to get too nitpicky on a team when they're playing this good. Um but yeah, I guess you know the one thing I'd say is the offense was probably stagnant and too heavily relied upon for those three guys. But um, other than that, like when the guy's scoring 41, 29 and 26, it's not like a ton of shots are going around to other players either.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy to say, Oh, the offense was stagnant and we scored 106 points. Like <laughs> just, just thinking back to our conversation right there, like, yes, it was stagnant. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't, but like they scored 106 points. Can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, exactly. It's, we're trying to find things to nitpick. It's a lot harder for the girls, obviously, like we were saying. But, you know, if there's a game like this, that's maybe where we'll nitpick. But, um, you know, with the, obviously, like you said, we can spend an hour on that game. We're not going to. We're going to move into the next one. Uh, the South Dakota State beating Kansas Kansas City, 86 to 75. Uh, you know, uh, they were led by Baylor Shyman, who had 25 points. Baylor kind of put on a show in the second half, had some pretty cool passes, all that kind of stuff. The stuff we're normally used to seeing with Baylor. In my opinion, this game was the nail in the coffin on him winning player of the year. I think he solidified it. Went head-to-head with both, you know, guys that are probably going to second and third in the voting. Um, and, you know, had two huge games. So, you know, this game, 25 points. Uh, you know, it was a big score, 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 10 from three. Uh, you know, second half really just took over, uh, get them, got him going. Um, Doug Wilson had 17 points. Zeke had a bounce back game with 12. I know he had a lot of family and friends at the game there. Uh, Charlie, you with another big 14 points and then Alex with the, with a solid seven uh, and Alex with, or Luke, excuse me, had eight. So a little bit of a down night for Luke coming off that 41 point night, but um, hard to argue with uh, the 41 point results the week, the night before. So um, but yeah, I guess, you know, SDSU, this is a fourth straight win over Kansas city, a team you kind of expect them to see here on Monday, as long as both teams win, um, you know, Kansas city has, three or four really good scorers on their team. And but SCSU really held everybody else in check. You know, uh, Alec had 21, Lamar had 17, Nesbitt had 10, and I this is the big one, he only had 18. He's like their big number one guy. We held him, you know, they held him to almost not like half of what he's been scoring in some of these games. Um, and the rest of the team, you know, 0 0 0 So, you know, they really helped a lot of the players down in check, and that's what kind of helped them pull away. And, you know, Kansas City's known for their defense. SU held them or scored 86 on them. So solid game uh, to finish out the regular season and go undefeated.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, great. Just a great game. It was another one where it was kind of back and forth for a little bit there. Kansas City, you know, I think it was one of the highest attendance games they've had in quite some time. Like it was a good atmosphere. Um, and the Jackrabbits, you know, took care of business, did what they needed to do, went on the road, get the undefeated conference season you know, get some of the national pub on them. Like it it was just an all around good game. Um, You know, not their, their best game that they've played, but they did what they had to, to get the W. And that's, you know, that's kind of what the summit league tournament's about. You know, it's not, you're not just going to blow teams out that, you know, when teams are playing to keep playing, they don't go down easy. And so it's good to have, I think the Oral Roberts game and the Kansas city game heading into the summit league tournament, especially the confidence that, Hey, we won both of these games in completely different ways. We won every game in the conference play. Like, we know how to win games no matter what. Whatever th- is thrown our way, we can figure out a way to win. So I think um, that's kind of the biggest takeaway I had from this game is the, the confidence the Jack Rabbit should have heading into the Summit league tournament that on any given night, they can have any player step up. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter how they get it done, but they're going to find a way to get it done.
0: And I think with this game, too, it's a little bit more of that get back to the defensive mentality. Obviously, game with Oral Roberts, got a little bit of out of hand, got, got out of hand there for him. Um, in those kind of games, you kind of, you're kind you not surprised that that happens. You know, Oral Roberts is going to score offensively. You're not going to shut them down the whole night. Um, you know, held Kansas City to 75, like I mentioned earlier. They really held the rest of their team in check. Um, you know, Gil is a Gilliard, He's, you know, he's a big score for them. He's probably going to be a first-team Summit League player. He had a very strong second half of the season. Probably going to go into next year as one of the top three, you know, favorites for player of the year. So just really important to how they held him down to 18 because he's a very similar player to Max. So, you know, they let Max maybe go off a little bit the night before, held the next guy down and check a little bit. Something NDSU did the opposite a couple weeks ago. So good to see them defensively. Uh, what they were able to do in this game, holding to 75. And, um, you know, like you said, they got their confidence going, you know, pretty sizable win. You know, 11 points on the road is, a, you know, not an easy thing to do. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, it's great to see him get the confidence. Great to see him get the win. Um, like I said, I think this one Baylor uh, player of the year, um, I don't think that's, you know, a hot take. I think, you know, he's on the, he's the best player on the best team. You could say, um, I'd like to see Doug or Charlie get a good shot at that, uh, you know, defensive player of the year. We'll talk about that on third or on Friday with our next show, uh, for a preview kind of with the awards and everything. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, SDSU, like you said, has the confidence, uh, they're ready to roll and Doug, this will be his first time playing in the premier center. Um, so I think, you know, the team's going in amped up. Uh, they remember last year losing on that, you know, offensive rebound tip in for O'Banner. You know, they saw Oral Roberts make a big run last year. They know they're capable of doing that. Cause I'd say this team's better than last year's Oral Roberts team overall. So I'm excited to see what this team does in Sioux Falls. You know, hopefully they don't lay an egg. Um, like we've seen, you know, cardiac jacks, the we've, we have a very bad history in this tournament at times where I think this is the only time you'll ever see a undefeated regular season or conference season teams, fans nervous going into the conference tournament, just because we have some bad memories from the last couple of years, but I'm excited. This team's rolling. Um, There's not much I can argue and they're doing the little things right, where maybe in the past we haven't seen them do, you know, some of those things correctly.
1: Yeah. There, there hasn't been a a game, you know, in the greater part of two and a half months where they haven't found a way to get it done. And like, it's hard to poke holes in why, you know, SSU can't win this tournament. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the betting odds are like, they're like minus minus one sixty or something like that. Like they're, they're heavily favorited to win this tournament. And maybe that does add an element of pressure. Um, But I think it's also the first time back with, you know, the full summit league crowd, you got the energy behind you, you know, what's happened the last couple of years is motivating you. And I think the the one thing that, that is helpful is this first round matchup against Omaha. This is probably one of the worst eight seeds that the summit league tournament has seen in some time. And I'm, I'm not trying to like overlook them or anything, but you know, of the 360 some teams that there are in college basketball tenpom nebraska is 344th like they're they're not a great basketball team they haven't won a game on the road they only have four d1 wins this year like the if, if we shouldn't be nervous yet we somehow still are but like <laughs> when you when you break it down you know sdsu should be able to go in and win this first round matchup easily now we'll, we will see if that happens
0: <laughs> no for sure You know, we were talking about it beforehand. Like you said, we're going into this Omaha matchup. Um, You expect a win. Um, Like you said, they're one of the worst, you know, Ken Palm teams in the country. Um, Only five regular season wins on the year. Um, That's overall. Um, Though I guess the one thing that scares you is a guy like Frankie Fiddler. You know, we've seen him go nuts. Uh, You know, he had 11-0 run. Um, Like, was that against Denver, I guess? You know, another lower seeded team. But 11-0 run. You know what he's capable of. We saw him get hot early on in the SDSU game. Um, you know, down in Omaha, we saw, you know, them play tough for a while, a place where SEC struggles, um, you know, the two matchups, SEC won 95 to 86. Um, so, you know, about 11 point game there and then won 82 to 61 at home. Uh, so a little bit bit bigger margin of victory. The one in Omaha, obviously without Doug, that's the game where Matt kind of had his big game of the year. Another guy we've seen have, you know, a huge night for the Jacks this year, um, so yeah, you know, for me going into it, I'm just gonna be nervous because I'm always nervous about these kind of things. But you sure expect SCSU to roll, um, best team that probably the Summit League's probably ever had in a while versus the worst team going into the Summit League tournament in a while for the Summit League. I don't think it should be an upset we're worried about, but man, <laughs> I'm just gonna get nervous going into it. I don't know how. I, I hope I'm not stressing on everybody else listening. Uh, if I am, to skip through everything we're saying, uh, but. <laughs> I feel confident going into this week. I think, you know, we're going to be playing Tuesday, uh, you know, Tuesday night. At, I think it's like eight o'clock this year. So it's a late night, but I'm excited. I'm, you know, I, like I said, I have it ready to go. I'm ready to go for it. It's probably about to up energy at this point, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, you know, the Omaha game and um, where we go from there.
1: Yeah. So I think X's and nose wise, Omaha, They present a team that they can score offensively decent. Their defense has been pretty bad this year. So I think the SDSU definitely has all of the matchups that they want, um, you know, for SDSU's offense. They don't have a a guy that can really guard the post super well, like they've had in the past with Pyle and some of those guys, you know, Doug, Luke, Matt, even we saw in, in the last matchup, they should have a heyday. We should be feeding the post you know, and if they're going to, if they're going to try and double or do something different than we've seen in the past, we got shooters, you know, that, that can make shots, um, as we're leading the country in three-point football percentage. So the the recipe's there, um, you know, you don't let one of their guys get really hot, like a Frankie Fiddler. but, um, you know, that it's, it, we're, I don't even know exactly what to say, I guess. it's I'm nervous, but I shouldn't be. And yep. uh, it, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens and, and come to play. Um, but the team should be super confident. They shouldn't be super nervous themselves because, you know, the, the they, they have shown why um, they've dominated this league this year. And I think the only thing that maybe makes me a little nervous is you do, no matter what, who you play in this tournament, you have to beat them for the third time this year. When you mm-hmm. go undefeated, everyone's, it's their third time. And so that's maybe what's making me a little nervous and just, we haven't seen, you know, this iteration of the Jack's program win the three games in three days before, you know, whether it's a, just a round robin tournament, non-conference type situation or summit league tournament. So who knows, it's going to be really fun. The games are always tighter than you think they should be. But this first one, I I think we might be able to get by without any uh, elevated heart rate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I'm in agreement there with you. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a, you know, a little bit different around the summit. We're not going to go game by game. We're just going to kind of break down what the brackets look like. Uh, we will, uh, like I put out on Twitter, um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, it's at Rabbit Rundown. Follow us. We'll get some more programming notes out there. But we're going to do a quick rundown through the bracket. Uh, we're not going to get too in-depth of it. We're going to have another show coming out Friday. We're going to be joined by Brad Newton and Jay Elson from Midco. So we're going to really dive into, you know, probably not just from the STSU perspective, but from the Summit League perspective of the Summit League tournament, we'll have a couple Jackrabbit questions in there, obviously, that, you know, we're Jackrabbit podcast, but we are going to, you know, have a Summit League tournament preview show. Two guys from Midco that have seen every team play, we're going to be covering the tournament. So it's going to be really cool to get their insight and, you know, what's, you know, if they had votes, that kind of stuff. So um, look forward to that Friday morning. We're going to give you about a day and a half to get it out there, I guess, Thursday night when we post it around midnight, if you're up still. Um, you can give it a listen, but, um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, looking at the brackets, men and women are set. Men, clearly, we knew this going into it. We've known this for weeks. SDSU is the one seed. Uh, brought up how they're playing, you know, Omaha as the eight. Uh, the four-five matchup on their side of the bracket is going to be KC and USD. So, you know, two teams also we've seen recently. Um, and then the other side will be NDSU as the two seed versus Denver, the seven. And Oral Roberts versus Western Illinois, the three versus six. You know, looking at it, I expected a pretty chalky start. You know, the USD, USD-Kansas City matchup we just saw, Kansas City handled USD. So interesting there. Um, it would be interesting if NDSU and Western matchup again. You know, they played twice this year, and they've gone into three overtimes. So it would be kind of a fun third matchup to see again. It would be nice enough to see Oral Roberts again, um, potentially. But we'll, be, we'll see how that matchup goes. You know, we're seeing a, the healthiest NDSU's ever been uh, the season. Um, They got their whole, I think they have like 12 guys that play now. Um, So, yeah, you know, the men's brackets set that direction. Um, And the women's bracket uh, is SCSU is the one seed. Uh, The net ranking came out after, you know, USD played Western the other night. Uh, SCSU stayed ahead of them. Um, I don't know, you know, how the net rankings get calculated. I think it has, I think what we got favored in was our non conference wins and, you know, schedule. That favored us more than USD. I think their team's kind of lost where I was one. So that helped us on the women's side. Uh, like I said, we're the one seed versus Denver. Oral Roberts is playing UND. That's the 4-5 matchup. Um, and then the 2-7, USD, Western Illinois, and Kansas City, North Dakota State. Uh, Cody, men, women's side, any interesting matchups you see? Anybody you think initially there's some upset alert? Uh, you know, Anybody that should be on upset alert for the men or women's side?
1: Um, no, I think women's side, just briefly, Western does have to, or USD does have to play Western right again. We've seen that present problems on the men's side in the past. So that's just something interesting to watch. I do expect USD to be able to handle that. You know, everything's set up for a, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, and I believe both times Western and USD has played this year, Western has either been leading or slightly behind USD going into halftime. So you know, if U-Western does put together four quarters of basketball, maybe we see a Omaha run out of them from last year. Never know, but continue.
1: Yeah, so that, that's kind of the one thing that sticks out to me on the, the women's side um, is just kind of an interesting matchup. But it's all set up for, you know, SDSU, USD, round three. A championship on the line, that type of deal. I think the men's side definitely has some more interesting um, ways in that the bracket, you know, shapes up. Uh, I think that four five and the six, three matchup are going to be pretty tight. Uh, we did see Western, I believe beat Oral Roberts. Uh, it was one of Oral Roberts losses uh, this year. So, you know, Western can mix it up. They can score it. They can fill it up. So um, I think no matter what, we're going to get a very interesting semifinal night on the men's side. You know, hopefully it's SDSU versus either the Kansas city team that's on the rise trying to crack into that, you know, top tier, or you get the, SDSU-USD, Blue versus Red matchup. And then on the other side, you either have NDSU-Oral. You know, this is most likely. NDSU-Oral, round three, after a big scuffle and fight, these teams don't like each other. Or you get, you know, like an NDSU-Western matchup that has gone into three overtimes in their two matchups this year. So I think if, you know, if you can only pick one session to go to and get the most bang for your buck, Monday night men's semifinal, I think, is uh, the one you got to definitely uh, be at.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't have much to disagree with you on there. Uh, A couple finishing touches on some of the headlines. Like I said earlier, Luke Apple, one player of the week. Nothing surprising there. Um, And then on the coaches show on Monday, Tori and Maya uh, had their – they they came on as the guests that week, and they they debuted their uh, nonprofit organization they're running. Uh, I believe it's it's called Her Turn. Uh, You can find it at herturnsd.org. I'm not going to speak too much on it just because, you know, I'm not going to try to misquote anything. But from what I believe, it is a nonprofit that is built to help Brookings um, girls get a chance to attend SDSU sporting camps uh, at a discounted rate if they can't afford it um, or help, you know, scholarships to get to those. So to learn more about it, you know, it looks like it's just herturnsd.org. Go click on the link, you know, type it in, go find out more details for it. Obviously a cool thing, you know, something we haven't seen, I think the NIL, you know, likeness has opened up paths like this or maybe it's not as much about making money as you know helping other people but you can put your name behind it now so i know so they're not receiving money but this is i think something that maybe you couldn't do before but now that you know you're able to use your name and uh image to promote some of these things this is what they kind of chosen so you know a great thing for you know two uh two jackrabbits to really give back to the community of brookings um and yeah it's a cool thing to see
1: yeah, definitely a cool thing to highlight. You know, I think the NIL, yeah. So it's just, I think before when you had situations like this, even if you're trying to do something good, there was a lot of infractions you had to work around and it just wasn't worth the risk of potentially doing something wrong, even inadvertently. Now that, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, you can see players start to do cool things like this for the, you know, communities that have given a lot to them. So cool thing there. All in all, you know, it's uh, to kind of wrap it up, uh, I guess one thing programming note: the regular season of our picks, um, it did come down to the last weekend, um, but I prevailed. I finished 95-72 and three. Jacob finished 89-78 and three. Um, I think we're now going to wipe the slate clean. I am the regular season champ, but we're gonna do the picks for the the men's tournament. Uh, Summit League tournament, and I don't know what did we decide on for. Uh, I get some slight advantage because I, I won the regular season here.
0: Yeah, I'll probably give you like a game or two ahead going into it. I think what game and were, a half. Yeah, Can't that shake. works for me. Yeah, <laughs> works for me. Yeah, you won by enough points that it's not it didn't come down to being close at the end. Both won your money. Um, you know, it looks I'm just looking at the records now. Both of us went over 500 in both uh, against the spread and over-unders, so you follow our picks all year, we made you money uh, if you bet with us obviously a little bit harder when we're not in Iowa or a place to legally bet, but if you are in like Iowa, Nebraska, or I guess it's fingers California,
1: crossed for next year
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get my hopes up but uh, if you were able to bet with us and we made you money, send us some of it it would be awesome uh, but with that being said, uh, that will be it for this week's episode, like I said, follow us on Twitter, uh, you know, all that stuff we normally said to get kind of that programming notes that we we're going to be doing. Uh, like I said, we're going to release a show Thursday night, Friday morning um, for some of the preview. We're going to be doing some live shows, uh, I believe, after Saturday night's matchups, potentially after Monday nights and after Tuesday nights. you know, all pending them winning. We're not going to say we're for sure doing them if they're not playing. But we'll be doing those all at night. We're not going to do one between each. Um, but yeah, follow us on, you know, Twitter. We'll tweet out the link, uh, I believe, on Facebook as well. we'll get tweet, It'll get put out there. So just give us a follow. Uh, we'll be doing some live shows. Um, and that way you get some more of, you know, all the Jackrabbit news through us that you need. Uh, but with that being said, follow us. Like I said, like us on your Spotify platforms, uh, five stars, whatever you do. We'll be back on Friday.